You are listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to talk about a movie that uh, I remember I specifically requested, but I'm really glad I did. We're going to talk about Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inishirin. Uh, this is a movie uh, that takes place in Ireland with a bunch of people whose names are very difficult to pronounce, uh, but we got it. We got it down. But even more than that, this is a really heavy movie, and so I think throughout the episode we're kind of trying to get to the bottom of that. Um, but uh, we keep it we keep it decently light. I I think this this movie really hit both of us um, pretty hard, and honestly, I think that it's one of those that um, does really hit hard if if it if it resonates with you at all. So. Anyway, with that out, with that said, um, probably it's pretty clear we both liked this movie quite a bit, uh, and because we liked it as much as we did, we're very uh, we're very um, early to give number reviews and late to give spoilers. So there is a spoiler warning. It is almost exactly thirty minutes in. So there you go. If you have not seen this movie and you want us to sell you on it. You have 30 minutes before we actually get into real spoilers, and after that, we talk about the movie with full spoilers. There's probably 30 minutes of the episode left after that, so we go on for a while. This is a movie that we both had a lot to say on. I'm really excited for you guys to hear what we have to say, and before that, I am really excited for you guys to hear the song Walking Home Alone by Carter Burwell off the soundtrack to this movie. another episode of heatwave radio's classic movies live and uh today we got something pretty special for you pierre what are we going to talk about today we're talking about the banshees of inishirin martin mcdonough's movie <laughs> i i want to say it's his fifth movie i might be completely it is apparently his fifth movie according okay. to wikipedia okay cool thank god i wasn't completely off um have you seen any of his other movies i've only seen three billboards outside ebbing missouri um that was a really good year i I think that was one of the years i watched all the oscar movies and i remember thinking that was like definitely one of the better ones um Mm -hmm. i'm sorry all the oscar best picture nominees um but yeah that movie was 
I mean, that really propelled Sam Rockwell into like, I mean, I know he was always a good actor, but to me, I think that was his first Oscar, right? Or his only Oscar. I think um, that was his only Oscar. And then he like, based, honestly, I'm going to say based on that movie alone, he basically got a second Oscar nomination for like nothing the next year. Oh, <laughs> well, I he mean, was he was not twice and he was in it for like three minutes. Oh, yeah, it was just goodwill from that first one. It makes sense, though. He was, like... So he was really good in that. Yeah. Um, and I remember I thought, that being a really good Peter Dinklage role. Like, yeah, that was, was when Peter Dinklage was, like... That was a year of Peter Dinklage when he was, like... I can act in roles that... That, that was where he was proving that, like... I guess not proving... really, Not really proving, because he's a really good actor, but, like... That was the year that Peter Dinklage got a lot of roles that weren't specifically made for little people, which was really, really nice because he's just such a good actor. And like, you know, he's very easy to typecast. Not I don't know about for for like for for like uh, people that actually cast these movies. But as an audience member, I know exactly what I expect when I see Peter Dinklage. And that's really unfair because what I expect isn't. (laughs) what peter dinklage is capable of he's capable of so much more something i actually love about this is a completely different movie i love about x-men days of future past is they have peter dinklage in it and they don't make any mention of he's just a villain like his him him um being shorter has nothing to do with his character or the plot and i love that about that movie um Mm -hmm. but sorry yeah that was just a weird aside uh, also, Frances McDormand was in it too, and she was. I think that's the, the first time I was really impressed or by a performance from her too. That was like when I was first. I wasn't huge into movies yet, so I hadn't really seen anything with her. I think she won something for that, right? Um, I remember I she had a very interesting speech. I might. I mean, I feel like she's had a lot of those speeches, though. So maybe a different. Oh, she movie. did. Yeah, she won Best Actress for okay. for that performance. Yeah, that I actually don't one, I really think. remember her that much. If I'm going to be honest. I um, mean, which is unfortunate. I, I thought I, she was great. Yeah, I need to rewatch that movie. I know, I know that the year it came out, that was my most anticipated movie of the year. And when I saw it, I was like, that did not disappoint. Did not, yeah. But uh, I've heard a lot since. And while I still think I would like it, I haven't seen it in a while. So I would would like to go back at some point. Yeah. I it's mean, on Disney Plus because, you know, classic Disney Plus movie. <laughs> um, I mean, if any movie was going to get me to go back and watch Martin McDonough's discography, or I mean, filmography, <laughs> it was definitely a movie like this. Um, Do you want to... Tell us a little bit about the Banshees of Inishirin. Sure, it's a uh, it's a movie about well, Inishirin is I believe it's an island. It's a fictional island off the coast of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe it's based in the nineteen twenties. Nineteen twenty three. There's a calendar that says nineteen twenty three on it. Yeah, during the uh, Irish Civil War, um, which isn't really isn't really brought in that much, but it's, it's, I guess it sets the context. Um, honestly, this movie could have been based. I thought for the longest time, this movie was presently based until they mentioned, actually, I don't know what was my first hint. I have no idea, but, um, cause apparently a lot of people still love like that in Ireland, uh, very isolated communities. But yeah, anyways, it's about 
one guy played by Colin Farrell. I can't remember his name. I can never remember. Parrick. Parrick. Or is it Parlick? It's Parrick. Parrick. Okay. Here, let me spell that for you. P A with an accent. D R A I C. Okay. I'm not going to. Parrick. I'm just going to say Colin Farrell, who uh, is one day at the start of the movie, a a completely ignored by his best friend up to that point, whose name is Colm, C-O-L-M. I can say that, Colm, played by Brendan Gleeson, right? Yes. Um, and this really disturbs Colin Farrell's character because it comes out literally out of nowhere that uh, this guy is avoiding him, and then it find, he finds out that um, Colm does not want to be his friend, uh, for no real reason other than, well, I guess he gives a reason later, but I won't get into that because I feel like that's kind of a spoiler. Um, and uh, basically, the rest of the movie is just Colin Farrell's character trying to find find why, trying to get his friend back. Um, and kind of, and through that, really wondering about, you know, his life's purpose. Um and uh what he really who the type of person he is um and we kind of see how this the the shattering of this friendship really affects everyone around them and the island as a whole because uh it's a very small community so obviously a lot of people will have heard about um them not being friends anymore Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a very slice of life movie in a way I mean, a lot of bad yeah. stuff happens, though. But a lot of stuff happens, but also, <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't. It's weird to it's weird to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this movie gets like this. This movie gets very deep, but it's also really, really funny. Yeah, this was it's a it's a hilarious movie. I I've I feel like I've seen comedies with less laughs than this. So it does a very good job. It's a very dark dark humor type of movie. Um, mm-hmm. but I would never say the humor kind of gets in the way, if that makes sense. If anything, I, I, I think the the darkness kind of gets in the way of the humor sometimes. There's a line in this that I, like, it, it happens late <laughs> in the movie, but it's not a spoiler to say it without context. He, like, walks in on Colm dancing with his dog, and they start talking, and he goes, well, it takes two to tango, and Colm goes, I don't want to tango. He says, but you were dancing with your dog. <laughs> yeah takes it quite literally (laughs) um yeah i don't i guess this was a movie that was really carried by or not carried i shouldn't say carried but it was very important that they got the two friends casted very well and they had a very good uh anti-chemistry in a way i guess oh i mean like the couple of times that they get to just talk they have incredible chemistry Mm -hmm. like Right at the beginning, you know, one of them says, I just don't want to be friends with you anymore. And then as the movie goes on, like when I was, when I actually get, when you actually get to see them talking to to one another, it's like, I get why they were friends. Yeah. You know, as much as they, at, at different points in the movie, insist they have nothing in common. Like, they just, they, they can talk so well. They have good mm-hmm. conversations it's just it it makes it almost makes no sense it's yeah, really it's, sad it's um 
I mean, I almost wish we got a day where we got to see them be regular friends. Um, I almost feel like that was part of the script at one point, but maybe I kind of like how they they did start it because again, I, I feel like those scenes are made up for by when we do see them talking a couple times. We do kind of see hints of that of that previous relationship very apparent uh, mm-hmm. from their chemistry. So like, it's almost it almost makes it seem like that redundant. So I guess that makes sense. But yeah, they had they had very. I mean, it's a movie just about conversations right so they had some very interesting talk like dilemmas to talk through i guess that were set up throughout Mm. the movie um and they also go on like some very drastic character arcs i guess uh they both act very insane um which is kind of a convenience for the script but it also kind of makes it i feel like i buy it because of the fact that they are on such an isolated island and they do reference the fact that that island, you know, being so isolated and having nothing to do all day can really make people do really stupid things and drive people mm-hmm. crazy. So, like, I I get, I can kind of forgive some of the convenient insanity of the characters, if that makes sense. Like, this wouldn't work in any setting, you know. This is a very, like, only in this isolated town in Ireland, if that makes sense. Well, but also, like, I think that all it takes is for one of them, like throughout this movie, they're constantly trying to one up each other. And like, it's not, it starts at about 90, but the way it progresses from there is very natural. Like Mm -hmm. by the end, by the end, like, man, I don't know. I, I, I will talk about this with spoilers later, but the point is like, the way that their, you know, friends to enemies arc progresses is not only very believable, but like I've lived that. So like that is just real. Yeah, it's a it's a timeless story that I feel like anyone can really get get into. Um, and it's I feel like not a relationship. You know, there's a lot of breakup movies, I'd say, but there's very few movies about um, a friendship dissolving if that makes sense Um, a friendship dissolving i think it's i think what's really important and what's so like rough about this movie is it's not just a friendship dissolving like no one at least at the outset no one did anything bad like no one went and slept with the other person's wife or (laughs) i don't know committed some graves committed a murder and the other guy doesn't want to talk about it like Nothing happened. It's just they just it's just one of them decides he doesn't want to hang out with the other guy anymore. And like there's not that many it, it feels like in a movie you need to have some big inciting incident that you know that everything springs from. And what's cool about this movie and what makes this movie like hit so hard is that yeah, there is an inciting incident, but the inciting incident is one person decides he doesn't want to be friends with the other person. There's no deeper meaning to that. There's no deeper reason, at least not at first. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I had I had friends who would go into this movie and they're like, so, you know, we, we're trying to figure out what, what caused their friendship to break up. Did they, did he sleep with the other guy's wife? Did he, uh, 
beat the shit out of him while he was drunk and the other guy can never forgive him? Did he do X, Y, Z? It's like, no, it just, it's just a friendship that ended. Yeah. Well, I, I, again, I think that's, that's what makes it a lot more interesting too, because you know, it's, it's true. Sometimes, I mean, especially I think friendships, friendships can just fade away, you know, over time. Um, and like in this case, one day this guy woke up and he's like, you know what? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. And it wants to change his life. Um, and I think it, I, I like how it was framed. I thought it was framed really well to make it seem like Colin Farrell's character, part, Parik, Parik, um, Parik. Think about it as Patrick, but get rid of the T. Part, Pat, Part, Patrick. Parik. So like Patrick? Yeah. Parik? Parik. 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 Okay, I kind of get it. So yeah, Parik, um, he seems like, I mean, I, I saw it as he came off as very obsessive, especially when we were put through his point of view, right? Because we just see him going crazy about it and being like, and uh, he keeps going back to this friend. Um, who is taking very drastic measures to keep Parik, Parik away. Um, but the thing is, like, the more I watch, the more I get into the movie, I start thinking, like, wait a sec, Holmes kind of an asshole because he's, and he's also probably equally insane slash stupid because he is, he, he is doing, he is ruining his, he is, he, or he, first of all, he's expecting all the entire friendship to just cease like instantly and have no contact despite them. The the Island is extremely small and they hang out at the same bar with the same people and they every live very day, <laughs> every day because there's nothing else to do and they live very close to each other. So it's very unreasonable to just, you know, have a best friend that you talk to for multiple hours a day, every day for like, I don't know how many years they were, they were talking for, um, and then all of a sudden be like, if you talk to me again, like, like, I hate you and I will do terrible things if you talk to me. And it's like, so he's also insane, but you don't think of that until like later. I mean, maybe you think of it at the first too. I don't know, but that was my, that was my, uh, that was my feeling. And it, it really comes together more that this is just, instead of it being kind of like a, uh, a very, sad movie about someone losing his friend it's actually about two insane people on an island that don't have anything else to do so they're just kind of screwing with each other basically and making huge dramatic statements for no reason because they have nothing else Mm -hmm. basically and they're both going through like they're both going through really really rough shit but they're both going through completely different things and just expect the other person to either understand or be okay with that or just like leave them alone. Cause like at the very beginning, you know, at the very beginning, Colm, like you said, he just expects, he just expects to say, I don't want you in my life anymore. And then have that not mean anything like, like have, have that just be the case. But you know, if I say that to someone and my reason is, eh, cause you know, I think we had a good run. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like the other person is the, the other person doesn't get any closure from that. The other person doesn't, you know, Parik gets, he's, he, he has to have done something wrong. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't 
Like he doesn't have a reason to reciprocate that that way. <laughs> well, I mean, he kind of gets a reason later in the movie. Well, I mean, um, when one guy starts being an asshole to you, then yeah, it makes it a lot easier to stop being friends with that oh, guy. Oh, no, no. I meant to... Well, Colm talks about how... Because Colm is visibly... I want to say he's like 10, 15 years older than Parik. Parik. Mm-hmm. So, like, he talks a bit about how he... He um, he might not... Or he he's, he's thinking of his mortality and he wants to leave something behind and he wants to be more productive with his life. So he's uh composing well i guess that's the with the movies is this a spoiler should we talk it's it's not a spoiler but i think that this this is a pre-spoiler warning we're not gonna get there just yet but like three or four minutes from now it's spoiler time okay but uh but yeah so he he's thinking of his own mortality he doesn't want to just sit in the same bar every day with the same man and talk hours on end about what sounds like some really (laughs) some really um so like he mentions the last conversation they had before the friendship breakup was two hours of Parik Parik discussing about what he found in his donkey's um, poo. Uh, <laughs> so like, I kind of understand where he's coming from. Like, it's totally reasonable. I, I think that like, the only thing is like, like when you're on an island like that, it's like, or even like in real life, it's like, if you're going to break something off, it's like, do it gradually. If don't expect them to just be okay with it, you know. Um, like I, I think the the events of the movie happen over like a week. I want to say. I think it is it, it longer. Ends, it ends up being a little longer than that, but like functionally, not really. Like there's a couple of points where there's where the movie goes into a montage that could be anywhere between one day and a couple of days or a week or so. Yeah. But so like the, the point being the movie, like it doesn't take place over very long. Yeah. So it's like, maybe give it a little more time before you start doing things calm. Uh, and, uh, you know, being such an asshole, I guess they were both assholes, but like that, I guess that's the point. Um, but yeah, and, and like, I guess that really changes them. And I think it's, it's, I love the, the, the comedy br- they bring into it. Like, it's a very innocent comedy, if that makes sense. There's, um, cause it's, it's like such a, it's such a calm movie, right? But there's, that's why I think the comedy really sticks out when it happens. I think Colin Farrell is absolutely hilarious as Parrick. He, he does, he, he captures such a, um, I saw this on Reddit. Someone said it was his eyebrows, where he's, he has very like he has very um, his eyebrows can can move a lot, and it makes him look a lot more like a child. It's like he's much more expressive. So when he's sad, he like really it really comes out more. Um, and so he was great. Uh, I think he's balanced out really well by Brendan Gleeson. I don't think I don't think Brendan Gleeson was like amazing, amazing, but it was like obviously a much more solid performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did he did amazing considering like what what that character was you know it's a very subdued character so there wasn't as much to play with there uh but yeah you know, i think sorry go ahead i think brendan gleason does a really good job of playing someone who feels like he's really depressed like yeah. brendan gleason doesn't he doesn't his character doesn't get the chance colm doesn't really get the chance to emote hard like he's not yelling or you know even 
even expressing emotion as visibly and as loudly as Parik is. But, you know, in those scenes where he's just sitting alone, in, in those scenes where he's just sitting alone or where he's talking to someone, you get you really get the, like, hopelessness that that character is feeling. And I think that, like, a big part of this movie, like, a big part of this movie, I'm, I'm very glad that we got it from the um, perspective we did. But mm-hmm. if you got, if you saw this movie from Colm's perspective, it would be, it would be so much bleaker mm-hmm. just because, like, no one on the island... I mean, this probably sounds, I don't know, this sounds kind of whiny, but like no one on the island gets what he's going through. Partially because he won't talk to anybody and like help the only person he has to talk to on the island is someone that he's decided he doesn't want to talk to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's a couple of scenes where he, um, where he's getting, he's sitting with the priest getting confession and like, when the priest when the priest asks him like calms down for a minute and asks him about his depression it's really you know he doesn't say very much but what he says just feels so sad mhm cuz the priest will be like how's the despair and he goes spin back again a bit mm-hmm. lately and yeah. like the way that he says that is just he doesn't say he gets, anything else <laughs> Yeah, he gets he gets some very good moments. Mm-hmm. I think that like I think that Brendan Gleeson I liked Brendan Gleeson in this almost as much as Colin Farrell, but it's mm-hmm. a very different performance. It's a performance that's like Colin Farrell gets to do a lot and Brendan Gleeson is just a very somber performance. Yeah. Yeah, I I see you, like it would have been a very depressing movie from his perspective. Um, I think there's just a lot there that you kind of see it a bit. I loved his conversation with uh, Parik's sister. What's her name? Uh, Shaban. Shaban. Um, I thought it was really cool because I, it was like Shaban seemed like the only, I mean, she was such a great character to contrast with everyone else because she seemed like the only normal, sane person with a lot of potential, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of almost see that contrasted with Colm's character because it's like Colm wishes that he was her age almost because she's she's basically taking the potential he might have had and she wants she uh, she has eyes to move on with her life she doesn't want to stay on that island right mm-hmm. um, but that's the thing he like he wanted to make an impact and he wanted to like have an influence and like do something with his life. But he waited until he was like 60, 65 or something. Um, and he, and he also, he did not want to leave that Island. So it's like, I loved, I loved how I loved their, they had, a, they talked a couple times, I think. And I loved how the, their characters really um, contrasted and compared. Um, but yeah, yeah she was, like- she was a great actress too. I loved her in, in the role. I think I saw her. She's in uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking um, Bad. And oh, yeah, I, she was. I mean, she doesn't really... As, as funny as, as, as amazing as those shows are, I never really cared about... She's not really like a highlight. She's more of like a plot device rather than an actual character. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was amazing in this. Like, I, I loved her and I, I'd love to see uh, more of her work in the future because she was great. 
Yeah, uh, Carrie Condon is the name of mm-hmm. the actress. Yeah. Um, and also, I am really... Barry Keegan has really, in the past... I mean, even just this year. This year he had Eternals, which I actually liked him in. I liked him in Eternals. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that was last year. Eternals, he was in... He was in Green Knight last year. He too. was in Green Knight. Um, he was in the Batman. I mean, it was like a very sort of yeah, sort of. I didn't really like him in that, but I think it shows a lot of potential for the future. And he was I mean, in this. Oh, sorry. sorry, I was gonna say I didn't like him in Batman. I didn't, but either. that wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that, sure. that was that was the fact that I didn't like that role being in the Batman for three seconds. Yeah, uh, but this movie, he he just showed like it, it's it, it's funny seeing him in like a couple of these blockbusters, but. Uh, and then he you put him in like a drama like this and he really really shines too um he might have even been better than colin farrell honestly like he he really sunk into that character um and uh i thought his character was such a it was such a tragic character i mean the whole the whole movie is kind of a tragedy but his character i feel is especially tragic because in the case of the the friends where they they lost each other's friendship but they really have like you know they have other stuff right yeah i want to say like they um barry keegan's character what's his name uh what is his name i think it's dominic dominic uh can't really he has a father that abuses him he knows he's he he's he's really uh dim he's 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 not a very smart person he's Um, basically the town idiot yeah like I mean, pe- pe- but like he's a, he's a really good dude. He's just not very smart, and he has a and and like he has a horrible home situation. Yeah, and he wants to live a normal life with people um, and be in a relationship and stuff. But especially on this island, it doesn't seem like he can get that. So, um, but he he has like that that like there's so much darkness around the character, but he. He brings he brought so much heart to it that he's this, kind of the moral center of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, the, go ahead. The few times that like the few times that Pa Rick starts going down what would be for him a dark path, like Dominic is right there to be like to to bring him back, basically, or at least reprimand him for it. Yeah, he was the only one that kind of stuck beside Colin Farrell or Parrick, Parrick, um, and like encouraged him and gave him like said nice things about him and stuff like that. And, um, and yeah, like there was like, he, he was the only like, like very good person, I guess. Well, uh, him, him, he, he might've been him and like, uh, Parrick's sister. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. I, I can't wait to see more of his him acting too in the future because mm-hmm. uh, I thought he was great. There's, I mean, everyone was great in this. There was, there wasn't a single actor that I was like, that I was that I was not fond of. I love the priest too, or the the preacher. I, I don't know what you would call him, but he was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say punching a policeman is a sin? <laughs> well, if punching a policeman is a sin then I think we all better pack up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think uh, like, it's a beautiful movie to look at, too. Uh, yeah, they picked some 
really beautiful locations for this. Yeah, and this was, I think we looked at, this was from the same cinematographer as The Eternals, which makes a lot of sense. It felt very similar visually. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of landscapes and stuff and a lot of, uh, like, a lot of natural lighting, I think, um, which really adds to the movie, too. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to get into spoilers, I guess? I think it's a great, yeah, no, I, I think, think it's a great movie. Uh, I like a nine out of ten in my opinion. This is really, really good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm very high on this movie. Like, I think uh, this is definitely in my top five of the year. It might be my number two behind everything, everywhere, all at once. Honestly, it yeah. might be like depending on the day, it might be tied. Yeah, I definitely say this is a top contender for the Oscars. Um, and definitely at least my second favorite. And uh, what's his name? Colin Farrell won an acting award at Venice for this. There so you go. go see why. Now it starts. <clears throat> All right, spoilers. Let's get into it. Spoiler time. Fingers. And, oh, oh no. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. No, you, no, no. You said it at exactly 30 minutes, which is what I was going to say. Oh, we should start spoilers at exactly 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Uh yeah yeah the Colm chopped his fingers off every time Barney talked to him, which was the a... it was a very drastic thing, and it kind of took me out of the movie a bit. That's like one of the only, like faults, but it really did add a lot to the movie too. So it's hard to say it's a fault. It just felt very tonally harsh, if that makes sense. I think it's like and very like I think out that of character. Not I think that character. part is actually. I think that part is actually in the trailer. I'm not 100% sure, but I think it is. Yeah, but like, I agree. Uh, Colm at one point says, if you don't stop talking to me, every time you come and talk to me, I'm going to chop one of my fingers off. Do you understand? Am I making this clear for you? Mm -hmm. And Parik's like, no, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's such a... And it's such a gruesome... Like, because... Once, once that first finger comes off and it's discovered by Parik, I could feel the tone in the theater just because it was the movie was hilarious at first. It felt like it felt like a sitcom concept, mm -hmm. you know, like I have, like two friends having a disagreement and they're getting into hijinks over it, and then it turns into like holy shit, like this is this is very dark. Um, mm -hmm. You could feel the energy just kind of sucked away in the theater because it was it was a lot it was very heavy uh because i think everyone everyone assumed he was joking like Parik assumed oh, yeah. he was joking then also everyone in the crowd i doubt was like actually like thinking he was gonna cut off his fingers well so. and then like not only <clears throat> and like to add on to that i didn't time it exactly but like from the time he says i'm gonna chop off one of my fingers every time you talk to me to the time he actually does it is really long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. there is, and it actually isn't the first time that he gets talked to that he does it. It's the second time. Yeah. It gives him a chance the first time. So you're like, he it actually does kind of, it kind of leaves your, your mind, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But especially because when he does cut off his finger, it wasn't even like Colin Farrell wasn't like going out of his way to talk. He was just apologizing quickly. And then he left. Right, and then uh, yeah, I think he apologized for yelling at him in the bar. I think, mm -hmm. um, and then he left, and that—that's the thing. Like, it felt it was such a 
more, the conversation was much more casual and not obsessive compared to the drunk rant, Adam. Um, yet that was the one that made him take his finger off. I guess it was because when he was drunk, he kind of understands because he gets to be an asshole well, when he's drunk, but yeah. Well, partially, but like, I think it's, it's kind of, when I was watching this time, cause I've, this is now the second time I saw this. I saw this once at TIFF as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I was watching this when I was watching this, I was really paying attention to the conversations that actually made Colm take off his fingers. And you can see, um, you can see Brendan Gleeson, like you can see his face just sort of, uh, you can see his face just sort of droop when those conversations happen Mm -hmm. because the conversations where he actually, that are after which he actually takes off a finger are like, they're ones that disappoint him kind mm. of because like the first time that like the, the reason that Colin Farrell gets a chance, like the reason that part that he gives Parik a chance, I don't know necessarily cause I'm interpreting. He never says it outright, but like the first time that Parik like gets up in his face and just he rails on him and says, why are you doing this to me? Uh, what is your whole point that you're trying to make right afterwards? Colm says that was the most interesting he's ever been. And it comes across <laughs> as a joke because it kind of is. But yeah. the next day when Colin Farrell goes, I'm sorry, I was drunk. I didn't know what I was saying. I'll be back to my old self. He's like, oh, <laughs> he's like, oh shit. all right, well, that sucks. Yeah. And then the next time that something happens, you know, Colin Farrell comes in. He's complete acting completely out of character. And then as he leaves, he starts talking about the shittiest, the shitty things he did over the last couple of days. And then you see Brendan Gleeson, like he was, he was, he was getting ready to light up a cigarette because he was really happy because it looks kind of like he's getting really happy and enjoying their time together, enjoying their talk. And then Colin, and then Parik says, will you join me up at the pub? And then like, Colm immediately like all of the fire in him dies at that moment yeah yeah that makes sense um I think that made it made it more interesting too because you're never really sure when I mean I guess once you watch it again it it becomes more clear but the first time you're like wait like is he gonna take his finger off this time like when he took off all four that I was also very surprised by that because actually well I, I almost thought he was gonna kill himself actually I thought that was where it was going but Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'd almost rather he killed himself than take off the four fingers because it seems way more gruesome. But then, like at the very end, when he's got just a stump of a hand left, the first thing he says to Parik is, "He says, I want to apologize for how I've been. Believe me, this is a relief. It's not a problem. I'm so sorry, but don't feel bad." And like at that point, it's too late because he's apologizing for some. He's apologizing without actually knowing what he's done. Yeah. But like throughout this whole movie, you can see Colm really, Colm hates where his life is, is what it feels like to me. And he's just looking for any kind of change or, or like, you know, he's disappointed he could never make an impact on the world the way he wanted to mm-hmm. or not. Because like, he just wants, he, he wants to feel anything. And the couple of times that he actually feels something in this movie, you you see him light up a bit, and then that gets taken from him again. And is it actually taken from him? 
definitely up to debate, but like, I mean, that's, that's why, that's why I like this performance so much. Cause this is just what actual depression is like, mm-hmm. is like, he just wants to just, escape the monotony in any way possible. Want, yeah. And like, the problem is his mind is always looking for, his mind is always trying to get back to that monotony, even though he doesn't want to. His mind is trying to find reasons for him to fail in whatever he's doing. And all he wants is to just do something else. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as a violin player, I think in someone saying they want to compose music for, you know, to create a legacy for themselves, you'd think cutting off his fingers would probably be the last, the last thing he would want to cut. Um, yeah. So it, it, yeah, it does feel like a kind of a self-destructory thing where it's almost like he's he's giving himself a reason to to have been a failure, and now he can be like it was it was Parik's fault, Parik's fault that mm-hmm. I cannot be successful because he made me cut off my fingers. Um, so he can re- live the and rest like, of his life not blaming himself, I guess. And like, I think by the end of the movie, he doesn't even necessarily think like that might be the reason that he starts that. But 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 by the end of the movie, he's like. I think he's actually relieved briefly, but like he also knows absolutely that Parik would not want to hurt his friend. So he's like, I'm going to hurt your friend for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't do what I say. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, yeah, I think that's, that, that was, he was a very interesting character and it was very, I mean, yeah, he's definitely like a shell. I mean, they're both both characters, both Colin and uh, uh, Brendan. Brendan are Holm Parik. So Holm, Colm and Parik, they're both shells of the people they were at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at the start of the movie, they were both like very you know interesting people. Colm Colm was, you know, he obviously seemed very intelligent, and he wanted to do something with his life. And, you know, he, he had that kind of momentum of, I want to be more than this. Even if it's he's old, yeah. you know, like, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to want. And it's an admirable. Meanwhile, uh, Parik is commonly seen as the nice guy. And everyone yeah. loves him. Um, and he would never hurt anyone else, basically. And he's also, like, pretty content with where his life is. He doesn't yeah. need changes. He likes the routine. He likes his friend. Yeah, exactly. Like he he loves his life. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Um, mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, he becomes an extremely spiteful person who who seems like and he loses and he loses his sister too, which I think is. I mean, she she moves on, right? I mean, um, like by the end of the movie, Parik has kind of <laughs> lost everything. Like he's gonna continue living on that island forever, but like he lost his friend, his best friend, his sister moved away. And by the end, he's lost his other best friend and his other other best friend. Mm-hmm. The so like <laughs> the donkey was so sad. I'm not gonna lie. The do- that was actually tragic. Yeah, especially like right after he he saw the sister leave, and that that was just rough. Yeah. Anyways, I can see why he was so angry. The priest at one point says, "Do you really think God gives a damn about a donkey?" Yeah, and like. Comb comes back with I fear he doesn't mm. and like that that demonizes the priest <laughs> so hard in yeah. my opinion uh well that's the thing I loved how um Colm was still whenever 
Pyrek really needed someone, Colm still had his back, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he when he when he accidentally killed the tonk the donkey, he actually felt a lot of remorse and regret. Um, I think that really changed him too. You know, like he realized how destructive he was being, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it really made him open his eyes to what he'd done. Um, and also in in terms of like he was def- he, when he defended Parik from the policeman. I not even defended him. Well, he 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 helped him after he got punched that one time in the village, which was really nice. And then that other time when uh, he was bad mouthing the donkey or whatever, he punched him. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there was like it wasn't he wasn't a completely like insane. Like he had he had love for Parik, which is also kind of what's ironic about it is that he was really it felt in some ways he was really fighting against some of his feelings too, you know, like he obviously still cared a lot about Park in a lot of ways. He just feared, I guess, his mortality more than his love for Park, if that makes sense. So, which is why he pushed him away, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't, I mean, like also I think at the beginning, it's easier to push someone away if you're not conscious of how much they actually mean to you. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. like, you know, at the very beginning, he's like, oh, I'll just tell Parik that we're not going to hang out anymore and he'll be fine. Yeah. It's like, well, no, that's going to ruin his life, actually. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah. you. But you can totally see, I like, I understand that mindset, too. Like, it's when when you're at that state where you're just kind of, what am I doing with my life? I can totally see someone being like, I want to make change now. Like, you can't wait. You can't wait for it. He needs he needs everything to change now. And he's like, it's it's my life. Like, I should be able to do what I want. And that's okay. Um, but he's not yeah. accepting the consequences of how that will affect the people around him, if that makes sense. I think you sort of you sort of mentioned something like that earlier, and I had a thought, and then I forgot it for a bit, but I wanted to come back around to it. Because, like, I think, I know that um, I've seen the advice a lot, and I've gotten the advice a lot, and the advice is out there. Like, it's not hiding. But, you know, where people will say, cut people cut toxic people out of your life just immediately just like you know break off all contact if someone is actually negatively impacting your life and i think that like this movie doesn't when i watch this movie it doesn't like make that advice invalid but it puts it kind of into perspective because that's that's what colm is doing but like is parik really toxic well i would say no pretty much everyone in the movie would say no. Mm-hmm. But clearly Colm thought that Parik was like a bad influence on his life. So he cuts him out. And I think that like, I think, you know, when you do something like that, when you just cut someone off completely, it's, you know, you're, you're rarely considering how the other person feels And in a lot of cases, like, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if someone has an abusive relative or something and they cut them out of their life, life, they should think for a moment about that abusive relative. No, not necessarily. But I think it's like, I think it's just interesting to see a movie from the side of someone who's just given zero closure, zero idea, Mm -hmm. nothing about why their life also is now changing in such a major way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I think that's what makes it such a good movie is that it's, it's a, 
It's a tale anyone can relate to, despite the fact of how cartoonishly um, crazy it can get at times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a great movie. Did like you? Uh, I think we I think we talked a little bit about this off air. Did you? What did you think of? What did you think of the fact that it was set in the Irish Civil War? Like, did that, did you think about that? Like, do you, what do you think that means? I mean, I think that contextualizes it a bit more because I think despite, you know, I think it's a great movie. I really do think the ending in some ways felt kind of abrupt slash um, like a little too open-ended in my opinion. Um, but like look, seeing it as a reflection of the Irish Civil War, I kind of get where they're going for where it's like, it's like they've kind of reached, they've reached a standstill. So they don't, they don't really get along, but like, it's just kind of like, this is the way it is now. And that's okay. You know, I don't really know how the Irish civil war ended, but that's, I'm guessing it, it ended the same way in some ways where neither side really won. Um, they, and they both kind of got what they wanted, but not, in, but it wasn't for the best. I might be completely generalizing it. Though. I <laughs> generalizing it. I unfortunately I can't provide too much extra insight yeah, here. Okay. From, yeah. from I said I, I was going to read more about it. I didn't end up reading more about it. No, from I mean, from what I from what I from the very little I know of the Irish Civil War, it basically never ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it kind of did. There was an agreement in the in the eighties or nineties, I think, that basically kind of ended it. But yeah, neither side actually got what they want wanted, but both sides ended up not killing each other eventually. Mm. So it's like, you know, something happened, I guess. But yeah, neither side really came out on top. Yeah, I mean, that's what it felt like because you, you hear the shots going off once in a while or warfare going on once in a while in the background of the movie. Um, and it seems to... And again, at the at the very start of the movie is when the conflict begins, and then they mention at the end of the movie that there's no like they, there's the, a the civil war is probably something. Ending. Yeah, something like that, and that's what it felt like. The character it was it was a probably less than subtle reference of how the characters were feeling at that moment. Um, I also think. Like, I also think it was kind of interesting how no one on the island really cared. Like, it was something that was going on, uh, but not only did it not really directly affect most of their lives, but more importantly, like, they didn't even really know what side they were on when it came up. <laughs> yeah. Like, specific, specifically the policeman, whose entire character is that he is a piece of shit, is, like, really excited at one point that he <laughs> might get to take part in an execution, and then Colm asks him who's being executed, mm-hmm. and he can't remember which side is executing who. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, I think that was really important. Like, it was. It was kind of a haunting aspect to it, having, like, for it was haunting in terms of having this war just casually going on in the background while everyone's just feeling very casual about it. But then also how. Um. It. It also is a big reflection on how isolated this place is like there's literally a civil war happening in their country um across the sea or whatever and they don't know anything about it and they don't really care 
And also, like, the fact that no one really knew anything about the war or cared necessarily was a pretty, was also, like, a pretty good reflection on the thing that was actually happening directly in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because, like, no one knew the situation between Colm and Parik. Barely even Colm and Parik knew. But, like, no one really knew what was going on. Everyone was kind of on anyone's side at any given time. They didn't really know what the sides were. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think it was, I don't know. I, I, I remember hearing from someone that it, at TIFF uh, that when he was asked in the, um, in the Q&A about, uh, he was asked the question, the, Martin McDonough was asked the question, why was this set during the Irish Civil War? And he just said, I'm not answering that. Mm. And like, so... Yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that. But, like, I think... I think it was... I, I think, like... I think it's important, but I think it's kind of interesting how completely ambiguous any of that meaning is. Well, it feels like one of those things that... Like, I don't think it, it was necessary for the movie. Like, it really doesn't add that much, but it's not... I don't need to, I don't need to know the metaphor. I, I like yeah. it, but I don't need to know the metaphor for it to really like, like make the movie. This isn't a movie making metaphor. This is like a little cherry no, on no. top, almost like an Easter egg that like you might kind of appreciate. I, um, it just kind of adds to the tone slightly, I would say. What I'm kind of thinking is like, however someone decides to interpret this movie the fact that it's going on during the Irish Civil War helps whatever interpretation you have come to a lot. Yeah, it's just sure. that whatever whatever that metaphor means, like the exact reason that Martin McDonough thinks that that is important to the story doesn't matter because it fits like any meaning of the story too. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt the movie <laughs> in any way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's I think it's those little things that like I feel really made the movie feel a little more special, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a very, like, artsy, artsy movie. It's a very simple movie, right? So little things like that. Like, it's like that, stuff like that, stuff like the fingers that gave the movie, did give the movie, like, a lot more character, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Great movie. I'm, I'm very excited to see this. Uh, going into Oscar season in terms of how well it's going to do. I think it's going to do really good. Like definitely like cinematography, best actor, supporting actor. And this is like, if this doesn't, I mean, this, this has to get screenplay too. Because this is a phenomenal, I have, I don't think I've ever, I'm going to say something in a minute, but I don't think I've ever seen a movie. um, I don't think I've ever seen a movie like, like this in this way because like it's mm-hmm. it's like a break like like you said it's like a breakup movie but it's not a movie there's nothing typical about that mm-hmm. like literally just starting the movie with someone being like i don't want to be your friend anymore why eh, because yeah it's like th- and then making this kind of a movie out of it yeah there's a lot of different directions you could have gone with that but no, he picked a very I, good one i and it's it's very well written like there's no and paced really well it's edited very well like there's no I had to pee like at the start of the movie and I did not leave my seat the whole time because I was way too into it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, I mean, that speaks for itself where there was not a moment where I was like not absorbed. And it's like a long, it's like a two, it's a little longer than two hours, right? I want to say. It's, a it's not a short bit less movie. less than two hours. Oh, it's never six mind. Six minutes less than two hours. I, I almost feel like that's a, that's even better because it feels, it feels really long, but like in a good way where you, you really feel like you're on a journey. Yeah. Um, I mean, characters. Yeah, near the end of this, when things like when the final act really gets going, I was like, "Damn, how long has it been? Three and a half hours?" Right, and no, yeah. it had been an hour and a half. Like if you told me it was three hours, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, in a good way. Like, I feel like I say I feel like I say that yes. a lot. I said that about Black Adam, and I was like, "That <laughs> movie did feel like three hours, but in a bad way." So yeah. this, this worked out a lot better. So I yeah. think as I was walking home, I was just like, "This movie." I was just thinking like. This movie makes me really sad for a lot of reasons. The obvious reasons that, like, this movie is really sad. But also, like, I don't know. I feel like I needed the, the hour that we just said, to that we just had to, like, actually say my thoughts on the movie. Because I feel like this is a movie that is really easy to summarize any of a million different ways in 140 characters. And that summary will always suck. Like (laughs) I was thinking at the end, at at the end, I literally had the thought like, Oh, their friendship didn't end. It just had a transition. And I'm like, what kind of fake deep bullshit is that? (laughs) It's not necessarily wrong, I guess. But like, what does that mean in the context of this movie? And like, there's so many ways to describe it's about a friendship ending. Cool. But, like, that doesn't get it across. Mm. It's about depression. Again, cool. Doesn't really get it across. Like, this movie is really easy to summarize, but really hard to, like, actually do a good job of summarizing. Yeah. I heard someone say this is a movie about, like, a frustrating lack of closure. I'm like, yes, it absolutely is. It's about so much more than that, but that's a Mm. really important aspect. Yeah, it's such a simple movie, but it ties in so many different themes and mm-hmm. uh, like lessons and uh, I guess not even really lessons, but yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> this makes me think of those memes where it's like, like it like in this movie, it's like these men would rather like burn each other's houses down than talk than go see a therapist or something, <laughs> 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 or, or even talk to each other. <laughs> like, I, there's there's. There's one part in the movie too where someone's like, "I always thought you guys were so good together, like a like a, like an odd couple, but a really a really good pair of dudes together." Mm-hmm. He said, "I thought we were too." And they went, "Well, clearly you weren't, because he'd rather <laughs> maim you maim himself than hang yeah. out and talk to you." <laughs> yeah, I butchered that completely, but still. No, was, I remember that. Scene. It was funny, and he was like, "You're and that scene, you're like, yeah, what the hell? Like, it must have been terrible to talk to. Oh my god." Um, yeah, I guess I just want to shout out Pat Short as John Joe Devine, the guy who runs the who runs the uh, the tavern in town. Is oh yeah, hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so many of these side characters are hilarious. I loved him. I love the the male the male woman or whoever whoever the person who stored the mail. Mrs. When, uh, O'Reardon was her character name. Yeah. I cannot pronounce her. That's actor's okay. name but it's it looks like breedney nick nick nickton breedney nickton is what it looks like you were great too i loved i loved the couple scenes you were in that one guy who uh, that scene was so funny the one where um parik is like your your mom was hit by a bread truck or something 
<laughs> He's like, that's the way my dad died. I'm going to kill that bastard. <laughs> it was so funny. That, there's so many lines in this that are just like so, so funny and they really stick out. And they, they may, I think they work so much better just because of how bleak the movie is. But it also never feels like out of, uh, out of touch. Um, yeah. With the, the tone. Oh, what about, we didn't talk. I was really confused by that old woman. The almost like the fortune teller or whatever. I can't believe we didn't talk about her because she was such a she was such a random character that didn't feel like she needed to be there, but she also felt like she added a lot. But I really don't know what she was talking about or what she meant, like ever. She just kind of looked at people and talked about someone's gonna die or something like that. Um, she was really funny. She was just like the she was I don't know what she actually did on the island, but she seemed like the local witch. Yeah. Like she just walked around and spoke cryptically and no yeah. one was ever having any of it at one point. Yeah. Like, like she just knew things at one point. She like Parik walks past her and she's like, don't kill his dog now. And he's like, don't put ideas into my head that weren't already there. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought she was gonna, he was going to kill the dog after that, honestly. I was really scared. I think that everyone in the theater that I was just in was on the edge of their seats expecting the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, she was such an interesting, like, I don't know what she was there for. I think you could have taken her out of this movie and it would have been fine. But, like, that that's another, that she was like another kind of artsy thing, I feel like, that was added. That just kind of gave the movie a little more character. Um, uh, yeah. Her name is... The actress's name was Sheila Flitton, and she was also in The Northman. Oh, wow. Was she also a... Was she one of the prophecy makers or whatever in that? I mean, she wasn't the main one, but like... A, that makes sense. Ma- maybe. Yeah. I don't I don't think so. Maybe, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't it like Bjork in the movie? Yeah, Bjork. Yeah, she was like the main one. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a definitely 9 out of 10. Uh, maybe, like, I haven't... I remember, like, walking out of this theater, I was shook. Like, I loved everything everywhere all at once, but I felt very, like, you know, like, kind of, like, joyful leaving out of it, leaving the movie. I don't remember it having a huge, like, effect on me in terms of, like, my general mood, you know? I thought it, like, it was a very good movie. I mean, I learned a lot from it, but this movie, this made me feel like Parasite when I walked out of the theater where I was just, like, my mind was just, like, it was blank. Like, I couldn't. I, I felt very disturbed by this movie in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. And I haven't felt like that leaving a theater in a long, long time. So yeah, this uh, massive props to this movie definitely made me feel things. Nine out of 10. Maybe even like, I can't really think of anything truly wrong with this movie. So it could be a 10 out of 10 too. I don't know. I think I'm, I think I'm going to say the same stuff. Like <clears throat> this movie, I mean, when I saw it, you know, I saw it the first time in September and it has stuck with me since then. And like, especially recently, I've been like really, really thinking more and more about this movie. And then when I walked out of it today, I'm like, yeah, okay. I get why I was thinking about this movie. This is really rough. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think everywhere, every everything everywhere all at once is, you know, you walk out of the movie feeling hopeful. Mm-hmm. This is the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. But like, in no less good, just very, very different emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, for me, this is also a nine could be a 10. Mm-hmm. For sure. Anyways. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm excited. I think uh, Martin McDonough did it again. I need to watch his other movies now because that's I've seen two of his five movies and I absolutely loved both of them. So, well, I gotta watch Seven Psychopaths here soon. And if you also watch Seven Psychopaths, maybe we can do something. Oh, there with that. you go. Uh, and if we and if you don't, then maybe we and if you and, and if we don't do anything with it, we can just talk about it off air. Yeah. Wait, what was I was gonna say something else. Oh, which which do you prefer, Three Billboards or this? Definitely this one. Mm. Yeah, I think this one had more. I think I'd rather rewatch Three Billboards because it it's it's less depressing of a movie. Like it's it's definitely very emotional, but like you know, it's like the hustle and bustle of the town. There's a lot more action in the scenes. Like there's more stuff going on. This is a very very fun, but also very bleak and slow. In a good way, movie, you know. Three Billboards feels to me like if Martin McDonough was the one who made... Like if Martin McDonough made Fargo, but not the movie, mm. season two of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and that. And like, that's not a bad thing. I still really like... I, I really like Three Billboards, at least, you know, my my memory of it. But it's very, it's a very different vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, what's, uh, uh, what's our next movie, Jeff? I think next might be Black Panther. Oh my god. I'm very Sophia, interested. What's the last word? Uh, Banshees. Uh, 